Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Roman Show. This is the final episode for 2015. George and I take a look back of the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. Our year in review of what happened, the biggest stories, the biggest failures, the biggest flops. We talk about it and our predictions for 2016. Plus, Brian Ortega, part of the UFC 195 fight card, joins us. This plus much more on The Roman Show. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster, go. Retro, go. Vital, go. Fly. Guidance, go. Surgeon, go. 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 The Roman Show with your host, Rodolfo Roman. Well, another year has gone and left us behind. The end of 2015. This is the final episode for the year. And now we look forward to 2016. The Roman Show coming back at you the next year with a whole lot of bunch of goodies. And finish off actually this year. We finished off by covering the UFC in Orlando. We had a couple of uh, interviews there for you. And there's a lot more coming on our YouTube channel, which you can check youtube.com forward slash rroman0201. And there is another interview with Dada 5000 uh, talking about Kimbo Slice, his beef leading up to the fight in February in Texas for Bellator. They are the co-main event. Obviously, the main event for that fight card is Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie. But it's now time to take a look back at 2015 and what we what our predictions are for the coming year in the sports of professional wrestling, and mixed martial arts. Joining me on the other side, George Alonzo. George, there's been a lot of action in the world of pro wrestling. Many people have complained, especially now with not a lot of action, kind of lackluster performances on Monday Night Raw. But looking back at 2015, it was a pretty active year. Active? (laughs) That's what you call active? It's been extreme <laughs> for the past year. Uh, like, it's dealt with many people's emotions, uh, you know, anger, depression, uh, happiness. Like, the WWE has hit every single uh, mile mark uh, when it comes to the human emotions this year in, in the world of professional wrestling. So, yes, I have to agree with you on that one. Well, let's start off with uh, WWE here. Brock Lesnar started off as a champion. And he takes on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Many people were expecting that Roman Reigns was going to win. And needless to say, here comes Seth Rollins. He cashes in, surprises everyone. Some are even calling one of the best WrestleManians in a very long time. Seth Rollins ends up taking on that title for several months until, unfortunately, he was met with an injury. George, Seth Rollins' title reign by far, has to be one of the top stories in 2015. 
I agree uh, because, um, like, not to disrespect any uh, past champions, but you know, there's ne- there, it, it comes once in the blue when you find a champion that could pull out a five star classic with absolutely anybody in the WWE roster. Uh, you have a guy like Seth Rollins, who's a phenomenal athlete. You know, the guy does extreme sports outside of the WWE. He he does, um, uh, what's that kind of fit? Uh, yeah, CrossFit, thank you. He works with CrossFit. He, he does natural. Uh, he, this man is like the perfect species, uh, you know, specimen for what the WWE was looking for in a athlete. And, you know, people all around the world, like WWE fans, were saying people like, oh, Sting is too slow because of his age, or uh, Kane is very stiff, you know, or Kane is not what he used to be. But the guy still put up five-star classics with both superstars. Seth Rollins was the champion of the new millennium, or the champion of the year, I would have to say. And on top of uh, on top of that, Mr. Roman, he did just win Superstar of the Year in this past Monday's Slammy, uh, Slammy Awards. Yes, he did, and rightfully so. The man deserves it, making his appearance on TV after suffering that injury in a house show. The man definitely has had a, a great title run, and uh, well, when he returns, perhaps later this, uh, this coming year, 2016, he'll battle his way up to another shot at the title and perhaps reclaiming it again. But let's talk about another sort incident that happened in the world of professional wrestling. This is actually thanks to the people because the people spoke. We're talking about the Divas Revolution. The people said they wanted the women of the World Wrestling Entertainment to step up. They wanted them to give them the limelight. And the WWE said, all right, fine, we'll give them the limelight. Hence, You have Paige was already in the main roster, but you bring in the women like Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch into the main roster from NXT to Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and the rest of the TV programming. And by far, it was a success. Yep. And as a matter of fact, uh, now that you mentioned this, uh, it started with a all started with the hashtag uh, "Give Divas a Chance." So. And as a matter of fact, Stephanie McMahon was the ambassador of that uh, hashtag. Uh, Stephanie McMahon was the first one to come out with that hashtag. Uh, and, and, you know, and they followed suit. Uh, it all started in NXT with the four horsewomen, uh, you know, Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and, um, and I'm sorry that I forgot her, Becky Lynch. You know, it all started there. But a lot of people are not giving credit where credit is due to the original Divas Revolution, uh, including people like Paige, including people like Emma. You know, these were people who were setting the the stage for the four horsewomen. You know, the Divas Revolution caused a wave of, oh, my God, we're now no longer seeing bra and panties matches. We're actually seeing real pro wrestling matches. Guys, it's done. It's it's finally, we could all finally say that whole fantasy time when you thought, oh, we could watch WWE to watch women in lingerie, that time is done. You know, it, it, we finally get to see women being respected for who they really are, and that is professional athletes, and I'm very glad of what the Divas Revolution brought in 2015. And we'll talk about that because there's more to this, and we can relate that with professional sports and also even entertainment when it comes to women. I, I want to touch base on that, and I want your opinion on it too, George. But let's move forward 
the Wyatts, they returned, they reunited, but this time around, they bring in a new character, signifying them of a strength, of a force to be reckoned with in the WWE, George. The Wyatts are definitely a good stable. No, man, if there's any stable that shined brighter this year was the Wyatt family. And let me tell you something, Mr. Roman. You and I were, were sitting down when we first ever saw the Wyatt family debut, okay, on the WWE main pro- program. They were just a regular little cult, you know, they, they just, you know, Bray, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan. You know, that's it. They were just a regular little feuding with the Shield, you know. It, it was no big whoop. But now... I, I, they just turned the knob, and it turned up ten times higher. Like, now you feel like the Wyatt family being that eerie, crazy, scary group that you just don't want to mess with. And, and, and the fact is is that throughout this entire year, they've been taking names, like the, including Roman Reigns, the ECW Originals, uh, you know, it, it, the, the Undertaker, Kane, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It's like... This is the group you don't want to mess with now. And as a matter of fact, uh, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family just recently shared a tweet saying uh, that this year at the Royal Rumble, they plan to take everything. So what does that mean for the Wyatt family going into 2016? Recently, Roman Reigns finally gets his title, finally gets to wear it around his waist and, of course, this wouldn't have probably not happened if Roman Reigns was healthy. Nonetheless, Roman Reigns has the title. Many people are upset. There's a lot of talk behind in the locker room, the way uh, he, he got this title. Some say that it just wasn't in time. His time, some are saying that they're comparing it to the whole Daniel Bryan. Some say that they're comparing him to Stone Cold Steve Austin. George, is there life to Roman Reigns as a WWE champion? Are people really liking it or accepting it? Or this is just the WWE shoving it down the fans' throat? At the beginning, I have to say, when he won the Royal Rumble, I felt like it was a shove down the WWE, uh, you know, WWE fans' throats. But I have to say, now the fans have finally accepted Roman Reigns as their champion. And why is because they did a kind of like an experiment with Roman Reigns when it came to, uh, uh, you know, pushing him. Because if you didn't notice, for the good majority of 2015, people were booing him. Right. You know, and the WWE was doing anything possible to make the fans cheer for him by giving him five-star classics because Daniel Bryan, you know, carried him in at Fastlane. You know, and, and then giving him another great match with Brock Lesnar, uh, a physical match, which you saw people actually cheering Roman Reigns because of how physical it was. And, and then you got that fatal four-way that they did where they reunited the Shield to uh, triple powerbomb, uh, I believe it was Randy Orton, through a, through a table. So it, it, it went, they, they were going through an experiment to raise Roman Reigns' you know, uh, liking. But all of a sudden, when you mix Roman Reigns with the authority and the League of Nations and, and all these people going against him, and then you team them up with the most liked superstar, I believe, in the locker room, uh, Dean Ambrose and the Usos, you finally got a person that they love. And you kind of feel for him because we go through it on a, on a daily basis, Mr. Roman. We, everyone does. We all struggle in life. 
you know, when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to uh, life in general, we all struggle. And we felt for Roman Reigns because he was struggling to get to the WWE World Championship. He finally got it, and we got happy for him because it's almost like us succeeding in life. So I feel like finally Roman Reigns got what he needed, and that is the love of the fans. A lot to expect. You know, we've seen the success of NXT, and I think that in 2016 is going to be a pinnacle year for WWE's development system of the NXT, which has now become uh, its own brand. And it, like we had spoken prior to the show, the, the, one of the events sold out in 15 minutes, meaning that those events are a whole lot better than the main roster ones. Obviously, I remember when back in the day when WrestleMania would sell out in 15 minutes. Now it takes a couple hours. Whereas NXT Dallas, uh, which would happen, I believe, uh, a day or two before WrestleMania, sold out in 15 minutes. And you don't even have a for sure card for that show yet. They're still in development, wondering who's going to main event. Uh, so far, I think the rumored, uh, and don't take me to the bank on this, but so far the rumored main event for NXT TakeOver Dallas will be uh, Finn Balor uh, defending the NXT World Championship against Sami Zayn. And what a five-star classic that would be. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Yeah, well, might as well. And uh, another match I hear rumored about is um, is the tag team champions. Uh, I forgot their name now. Wow, I can't believe I forgot their name. Huh? No, no, no. They, they lost their championship. I'm talking about the mechanics. Yeah, the mechanics uh, will actually defend their tag team championships against Gable and Jordan. I, it, it, let me tell you something. If they set... There's, you know, if, if they go forward with this, all I got to say is that the tag team match and, of course, the world championship, and let's admit we might see Asuka versus Bayley or Asuka versus uh, Nia Jax for the NXT Women's Championship, probably will be the most star-studded NXT event ever. Just saying. which is not on the, on, on, on the USA Network. And by the way, now SmackDown, starting next month, is going to be on the, on the USA Network. Funny thing is, NXT is on the WWE Network, and, and it's gaining so much popularity, and they're seeing it because of this, these ticket sales that are going by so quickly. And what does that tell you? And, and when you look at NXT, NXT is not really based or driven on writing or scripts is more pure wrestling and is so freaking entertainment. So what does that tell you, George? In 2016, are they going to bring some of those elements from NXT to the main roster to try to get that fan base? Or here, here, No, here's the thing, Mr. Roman. I don't think NXT will ever leave the WWE Network programming because just the fact that that's what holds... I think, in my opinion, besides the pay-per-views, will hold the value of the WWE Network. Okay? Yeah, people can pay $10 a month for pay-per-views, but they also pay $10 a month to watch their NXT programming. And they have millions and millions of viewers that watch NXT uh, on the WWE Network for that reason. Now, you take NXT off the WWE Network, and then you only got your local, 
nation, national uh, in the United States uh, to watch it on the USA Network or TNT or or whatever. Because remember, when it comes to TV, Mr. Roman, you have to set up a contract with not just the national, but you have to set up a contract with Canada. Then you have to set up a contract with the European channels and the Japanese channels and et cetera, et cetera. They'll be spending more money on that than what they're right now getting with just one location, and that's with the WWE Network. Yeah, but my question is this, though. Do they bring some of the elements that has been a success, a recipe of success in NXT to the main roster? They, they just gave a survey to a whole bunch of WWE fans of what they see in the difference between the WWE programming and the NXT programming. And I'm sorry to say this, Mr. Roman, but for the last two weeks on Monday Night Raw, you've been seeing a change. Like, the, you've been seeing a lot more fast action. You've been seeing a lot less promos. You've been seeing, you know, a, a lot more like, oh, my God, that just happened. You know, for Christ's sake, I believe it was two weeks ago uh, where Vince McMahon returned. No one knew he was returning. No one knew. And out he came. One of the most popular on-screen characters, Mr. McMahon, returned, and the ratings went up the roof. And now the WWE just announced that Mr. McMahon returns this coming Monday. So all I got to say is that, yes, you are definitely seeing a change. And, oh, and, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but this past SmackDown, let's use another example. This past SmackDown, who, who main evented? Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens. Three superstars that you've never seen main event a WWE program before. The little by little things are changing, shifting, and many people had uh, were all the critics, right? Were criticizing the WWE Network and Vince McMahon is going to blow his money. In fact, he even lost money. He he, he went from a billionaire or, or to a millionaire. And guess what? Just like he did it with pay per view, he's doing it with his own network. And the WWE Network has now increased in in, in subscribers. Uh, it's now expanding to other countries like Japan, and it's a success. It, it's working for him. It's working for the WWE. Many people thought that it was going to crash, it was going to crumble, that it was not going to work. But it is. Here we are. It's going to be, what, now two years this coming year that the network has been on, and they're providing content, they're providing programming. So it goes to show you that, the WWE is a master, a master of what they do. Now, I want to touch base real quickly on the other promotions like TNA, Ring of Honor, the GFW, which I, I still don't know where they are. Uh, but all these other promotions, what's going to happen to them in 2016? ROH now is going to be on some network. I, I don't even know what the network is, some network I've never heard of in my life. TNA, same thing, pop network. But what does it mean to these these promotions? And it's sad to say, George, but you know you got Mike Bennett and um, Maria, who are now shifting from ROH, with a great great talent, are are sadly going to TNA instead of the WWE. Well, I would have loved for them to go to NXT. It would have been so so great. But what does it mean to to the other promotions? I mean, is there any life? Are they? Is there a reason for a fan? And I have to admit, George, and I'm a fan of professional wrestling here, but I'm going to go out on a limb. But the programming on Destination America, their Ring of Honor, 
was showcasing was just watered down. It was watered down wrestling. Blame in that situation, Mr. Roman. I I don't know whether to blame the network or the or the ROH, uh, you know, producers. I, I I don't know, but ROH, you know, uh, just recently actually made a deal uh, with another big like company, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, that's stationed out in California. So they're going to be sharing talent between both companies, you know, and, and that's a good, you know. Like even though they lost Mike Bennett and Maria, you know they they actually gained at the same time because Pro Wrestling Gorilla is filled with great and phenomenal athletes. And on top of that, don't forget now that Sammy Callahan is back on the independent scene ever since he left WWE. Uh, if you don't know who Sammy Callahan is, he was known as uh, Solomon Crow in NXT. Uh, but basically, what I'm trying to say is, is that you, I don't know, man. I, I really, really don't know. Uh, TNA, you know, just the fact that Mike Bennett and, and Maria made it a big deal that they're going to TNA. <sighs> Sorry to tell you this, but I think TNA is a sinking ship. <laughs> well, it's been sinking, but somehow they, they, they still have, they have life. Ring of Honor is still there. You know, you got the Briscoe Brothers, you got the Young Bucks. Uh, I don't, they got Jay Lethal, which apparently the, uh, the WWE was interested in, in signing both uh, the Young Bucks and Lethal, but for financial reasons they didn't go overboard. Well, Lethal's uh, contract actually expires in January. But what is going to happen to all these little promotions? We've seen the NXT has so much success. They are doing the same thing that Ring of Honor is doing. In fact, they're they're somewhat NXT is going to war with Ring of Honor. The only one independent that the NXT is cool with is WWN Network. But what does it mean to all these other promotions? I, I don't understand. What I personally would like to see is WWE getting in good terms with New Japan Wrestling. I, that'd be great because they have phenomenal talent over there. But they are interested in a couple superstars from over there. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, they were just interested in one champion over there. I can't pronounce his last name. I just know it's uh, it, it starts with an N. Uh, I th- it's like Nakajima or Nakajima. I'm sorry, folks. I can't pronounce his last name. It's it's hard. <laughs> but all I all I know it is kind of, he. They have been on the lookout to sign more international athletes. As a matter of fact, they just signed a top Mexican superstar, uh, El Sombra, uh, to. WWE contract, and on top of that, they 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 just came off recently signing off to Asuka, you know, otherwise known as Kana, and then of course Kenta, as uh, he's planning on returning very soon, Hideo Itami, for for those who don't know his Japanese, uh, it, like uh, it, the the point is is that I think oh, and on top of that, you know, they mentioned uh, the WWE mentioned that Jushin Thunder Liger is not done with the WWE, so we might. We might see Jushin Thunder Liger back eventually, maybe for Dallas. Who knows? Uh, but it, it's – I feel like there is a relationship there. I believe ROH felt disrespected when the WWE didn't make that deal with uh, New Japan to bring in Jushin Thunder Liger for that one takeover event when they were going head-to-head against ROH. Um, but it, it, time will tell, Mr. Roman. Uh, uh, hopefully – talking about, George, is uh... – Shinsuke Nakamura. He is the champion from 
uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's the guy that actually has made some appearances in Ring of Honor who has this sexy type of uh, character. Nonetheless, and already the the people, the, the keyboard warriors are saying, oh, don't let him, don't bring him to NXT, they're going to kill him. But, kill his gimmick, but why not? I, I mean, imagine a Bullet Club in NXT. How awesome would that be? Think about it. How awesome would that be? A couple months ago, we had the chance of to interview Mr. Luke Gallows on our show here on the Roman Show. We should have asked him that. We should have asked him, hey, if the opportunity ever presented itself, would you return back to the WWE? Uh, yeah, you got like, Finn Balor already there. Exactly. It, it, like we, man. How about an you AJ see how Styles? Pop up after we're done. How about how about an AJ Styles? You know, there's been rumors that they've been wanting to get AJ Styles in there. They got Samoa Joe. Why not? They've been wanting AJ Styles for years, Mr. Roman, for years, and AJ keeps on pushing, uh, like uh, de- declining them. As a matter of fact, another uh, people that just declined them was Jack Evans and Angelico uh, from Lucha Underground. And uh, and funny part is, here's what I find funny. And this is not to disrespect Lucha Underground. They're a great, great uh, Lucha Libre style pro wrestling. Rey Mysterio decided to debut for Lucha Underground. Dude, what? <laughs> you know, you have the opportunity to continue to make a name for yourself. Possibly go into the WWE Hall of Fame, and you decided to go to Lucha Underground? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I will tell you this, though. I think Seth Rollins will get his title back in 2016 somehow, some way. And I think that the Divas Revolution will continue to expand and somehow, some way, try to work with the NXT and the main roster. Somehow there's going to be some relation there. But NIC... A lot of potential uh, or great tag team tag teams from NXT jumping ship to the main roster to spice that up because in the NXT, let's face it, the tag team division is superb compared to the main roster. Uh, well, actually, some of those tag teams were, were in NXT are now in the main roster, and, and they've made it, but just one failure to me is just the Ascension. You know, they were so good in NXT, but they are just not what they were in the main roster. I don't know if maybe they pushed them too much with this whole, you know, legend killer uh, gimmick they had. Maybe they just too much of a reminder of the Legion of Doom. I don't know. Maybe they just haven't found their own way. But I think that that team uh, eventually... Uh, they're they're on SmackDown, but they're gonna have to probably go back, be repackaged somehow, some way. I think they just need to bring back that dark character that they had, and that will make them a more likable tag team in the main roster compared to what they're doing now. They they just honestly they they look very cartoonish in my opinion. They don't look like what they were. Well, to be honest with you, Mr. Roman, I see the Ascension being one of those callbacks to NXT, uh, if not, you know. Before the end of the year, by by the 2016, uh, I do predict that. Uh, and let me tell you something. Connor is a good friend of mine. Uh, he was actually one of my first trainers uh, when he was down here in Florida, known as Ryan O'Reilly. Guy is an amazing athlete. You know, that guy is a pure specimen, super strong. Just recently got married. 
uh, it, it, I can't be any happier for the guy. The guy has been in the WWE for many, many years now because of the fact is, is that, you know, he's been in developmental. Uh, and he's pretty much been there long enough to be known as an NXT veteran. But, you know, you have to think about what's best for them in career-wise. And if, if you have to go back to NXT to reestablish yourself, then I say do it. All right, 2016, we look forward to a lot of action in the world of pro wrestling. Who knows what's going to happen in WrestleMania 32. It's going to be in uh, in Texas, where the state is a whole lot bigger and a whole lot of action is going to happen there. You got the NXT, you got WrestleMania. And, you know, we might never know, George, but the announcement might be made next year that WrestleMania will be returned to Florida and Orlando. You might never know, but uh, expect a lot of good things in 2016. That wraps up this week. And the final episode of 2015 of Reality Check. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Brian Ortega, who will be fighting at the UFC pay-per-view 195. He takes on in a, a very... We, we're taking a look here because Brian, George, is not only a fighter, but Brian is a guy who likes to give back. He's a philanthropist. We talked to him how he does this stuff while he is preparing for his fight at UFC 195, which is going to feature the great main event champion welterweight Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Condit. We'll be right back. Guys, I know how hard it is to work year-round, day-long, week-long. Then you come home and you get all this other stress. Well, let Massages in Space take care of you. That's MassagesInSpace.com. Check them out. They are located in Miami. All you got to do is give them a buzz. And they'll treat your body right. And trust me, you'll walk out like brand new. Massagesinspace.com All right, Brian. Well, you have the fight January 2nd. Part of a huge pay-per-view, Las Vegas. The first one of the brand new year. Uh, that and you know, A lot of people look forward to that fight card. Because there's always excitement leading up to the new year. How, how do you feel being part of this? Uh, fight card, not only being part of the card, but also part of the main card on pay-per-view. No, I mean, it feels great, you know. It, feel, it feels really good because um, before, I mean, I, I fought on the main card before, and before that I fought on the preliminary card, but there's, there's a type of exposure that, that you're, you know, there's an exposure when you hit that pay-per-view card, you know, especially on that main card, so... Uh, I'm just looking forward to, to showing all my fans and all my friends and everyone I train with the hard work I put in and put it out there, you know, for the whole world to see. And Brian, in your your early young UFC career, they put you up against some tough competitors. Uh, now you're going up against Brandao, big vets here. You just had that, that successful victory against Thiago. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're putting you to the test. And tell me about Brandao coming into January 2nd. Um, yeah, man, they're definitely putting me to the test, and, um, and I mean, ultimately, this is what I'm here for, you know, I'm here to fight the best in the world, to test myself against the best, see, you know, it, learn my mistakes, learn everything, and, and that's what I'm here for, and, and Tavares was a good example of, of why I should not be taken lightly, because I can I can go in there and hang, you know, with with, with what the, the best UFC has to offer. Me and Diego, yeah, me and Diego, what's up? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, me, me and Diego were, that was supposed to be my original debut fight. Hmm. 
and that did not happen. Um, he got injured two weeks, I guess, two weeks prior to our fight, and then maybe like three weeks later, fought Conor McGregor at the uh, at the Ireland show as a main event. So I don't know what happened there, but um, now it's just I, I feel like now I'm a better fighter. I feel like I'm, I, my training has progressed, and now now you know. If I was ready to fight him back then, I'm more ready to fight him now. And now during the July uh, 2014 to June 2015, you you had some layout there. What what happened there? Were you injured or couldn't find? Yeah, I was. Huh? What what was the situation there? Yeah, I was suspended. Oh, that's right, suspended. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you you took during that time to shape up, and that that's why you say you're better now than what you were back then during that period yes. there. Uh, what what was it that, that that you were doing to better yourself as a fighter? I mean, to be honest, man, I didn't stop training. I never do. And then um, uh, it was it was both physical and mental. Mental, you know, I became I became mentally, you know, stronger. Just you know, because I got put through all these different circumstances in life, and then physically, I mean, I was always working out with my coach, and everything that just happened. It was just sharpening my blade, you know. So I started picking up boxing more, picking up jiu-jitsu more. Every aspect of my game just shot up. So by the time I fought again, it was, you know, the whole, even the whole world said, then they're looking at a new grind. And and during that time, when do you spar hard? Is there in that in that tenure uh, a period where you kind of make believe or pretend that you are getting ready for a fight? So you go hard in your training. Do you do that anything in that time span? I train all hard. I train hard all the time. Every every if you ask my trainers and my training buddies, everything. Um, when it's time to go, we go. But um, the main thing that I do is I train smart. You know, there's there's a way where you can train hard, but you can train smart to where you don't get injured, to where you have good partners that don't hurt you or try to you know really knock you out and do something. It's all about work, and it's about seeing if you can stay in this game for a long time, you know? And that's what I have. I have a great team that, that knows my body, knows me, knows the limits I can push myself to without getting injured. Now, you obviously know about the the, the, the man on top of your division. That's Conor McGregor. Everyone's calling out this guy. Are you one of those guys that calls him out? Do you want to fight him? Or are you just, you know, if my time comes, my time comes? No, obviously I want to fight him um, just because he's a champ, you know. Ultimately, the reason why I'm in, in, I'm in, I'm in this sport and I'm in my division, I'm doing what I'm doing is because I'm aiming for, for the gold. So, um, man, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a McGregor hater, you know. I love, to be honest, man, I, I love, I love watching him. And that's, I feel something. That's something fighters can't really say they, or they don't like saying, you know. They don't like giving credit where credit's due. But man, I like his style. I like the way he moves. Um, you know, and if that chance ever happens for us to fight, of course I'll take it. Do you think that with Do you think he, that Aldo deserves a uh, an instant rematch? You being in the featherweight division, uh, and looking at it at, at another t- standard point of view as a, as a fan. I don't know, man. You know, it's. I've been talking about that. I've been talking about that with people, man. I'm not too. I don't know. It's just. Do you, do you, I wonder if Frankie Edgar deserves it? You know, because uh-huh. he's, he's been he's been put out for so long. You know, 
So if you were to choose anyone, what fight would you like to see? Be there a rematch or or or, or a Negra fight with McGregor as a fan? What would I love? I would love for him to move up to 55 and and see how he does against Los Angeles. And that's obviously that's that's been the talk of the of the weekend here with uh, yeah. Nate and 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 Dos Anjos saying. No, no, uh, forget Nate. I want Dos Anjos. You you'd be you think he's a he's a more comp, more competition or I know uh, more? It, yeah. Well, I mean, I train with Dos Anjos, mm-hmm. you know, so. And the Black House. I right? just he he's a he's a different he's a he's an animal, you know, and, and it'd just be a just something that I would, for sure I would watch, you know. And I'm for sure the whole world will watch. It's something that I want to see. Now, aside from fighting, you also dedicate your time to a lot of philanthropy, helping out uh, in several areas, including children and so forth. What what made you do this, or is there something that inspired it? Yeah, man. There was a there was a point in my life where I got uh, I got injured, and I had shoulder my shoulder came out during a title fight, and. If you're a fighter, you understand that every time you're injured, that that's where you're the most upset, and and it's like that. It's like a dark time in your life because physically we love to do a lot of things, and when you take that away from us, it's pretty much like taking taking the you know taking the wings away from a bird, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of feeling sad and everything, this opportunity presented itself to. Um, to go and help kids, and not that I was, I was already teaching kids jujitsu at the time, I have been since I was 15, mm-hmm. but this was a different type of opportunity, you know, this was to help kids who are sick, kids who can't do anything, kids who are stuck in hospitals, and then it, it almost felt like I felt some kind of connection, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't do the things I wanted to do, so then... I just said, you know what? Yeah, let's 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 do this. So I I went out and I helped these kids surf, you know, and I was like catching them, and, and the, the pro surfers were like throwing them on the boards for me, and then um, they liked the way I I communicated with the kids because I already had good uh, kind of kid skills because of teaching jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. So then they asked me to go on tour where we travel pretty much almost every single state in the U.S. on a tour bus with 14 guys. Hmm. And we literally just visit hospitals, hospital after hospital. We visit them, and then after that, man, it was just, I found, like, a different calling, you know, like something different in life, something that defines me, you know, even even more than just being a fighter. And, um, and then from there on, that was 2000, I think, 10 or 11, and then ever since then, I've been part of, part of the foundation I've been helping kids out I've been traveling to all kinds of hospitals and and doing work like that so how often how much time do you dedicate when I'm not training I, I, I'm i with them and any so goal it's, it's, it's a hard thing to balance because right. I have mm-hmm. I have jujitsu I teach jujitsu mm-hmm. so I have all my students that I have to teach I, I have my own family and then I have seminars where I teach law enforcement. And then I have the kids, and then I have fighting. So I have I have a big a plate that's full of, of juggling during the whole year, you know. So usually when when I can get away from one or the other one, I do that. But with the hospital visits, and every time every time they're here 
or we get a special request, I always make it my duty to go into it. Well, that's definitely you're a very active person, not only as a fighter, but also as a as a as a person giving back. Any particular you go in that, maybe perhaps have your own foundation, your organization, nonprofit, or you're working that, on that. Say that again, please. What is your goal when it comes to philanthropy? Perhaps, uh, perhaps I'll have your have your own run your own nonprofit organization, or are you in the process of that? Yeah, I mean, one day ultimately, my my goal is to set something up like that, and um, we, I've been having a couple people with me talk it over, and because it's not as easy as you think it is, mm-hmm. you know, you have to you have to do all these kinds of things and the way you set it up. So um, we've been trying to find the best way to approach it, and um, hopefully, you know, we figure this out and we get it, we get it good going on. But you know, right now I'm 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 part of the Mariola Foundation, you know. So, we'll see. We'll see what, where this road takes me to. You know, my thing as long as I'm helping kids and giving back, no, that's all I can ask for. Now, Brian, has it been tough leading up to this fight because you have the holidays in the way? How, how have you managed that? Oh my God, <laughs> man! Diet, diet, diet. Suffer, suffer, suffer. There's no way out of it, huh? No, there's no way out of it, man. You know, but ultimately. Um, it's just it's just mind over matter, you know. And if you just the way I do it, at least is I just look at it as a, like a regular day. It's like man, it's just a regular day. Like Thanksgiving came, everyone's eating this and that, and I was like, it's just a regular day. We're just getting everyone's just getting together, having food, having fun. It's not, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Try to play it off in my mind. I was like, yeah, just don't eat. Just eat a little broccoli, <laughs> but eat a little broccoli, a little turkey. You're good. That's it. And then leave. <laughs> And I was like, all right, cool. So I stopped by my house for like maybe like an hour left. And then thanks, um, and then Christmas coming up. So, you know, I can't be around for that. <laughs> so it, it's, it's it's pretty different, but I find ways to, to occupy my mind, you know. Like for Thanksgiving, I went surfing, mm-hmm. you know. So there's different, so, way, different ways you try to get your mind off it so it won't really bum you out. Yeah, people don't realize the sacrifice that you have to do to fight, you know. Um, you know, it's really tough, especially on your family. And, um, you know, New Year's, I'm going to be cutting weight. For everyone on that card, everyone everyone on the January 2nd card, Friday night, you know, or, you know, Thursday night, when New Year's, when everyone's celebrating, partying, this, and this, we're going to be cutting weight. That's your form of celebrating. <laughs> That's my form of celebrating my New Year's, right? <laughs> Losing but it's, weight. Uh, but with sacrifice comes reward, though. You know? <laughs> there you go. Well, man, I want to wish you then a uh, happy New Year, and obviously good luck on your upcoming fight against uh, Diego Brandao, January 2nd on pay-per-view, and look forward, uh, obviously, to your fight. And then you got the main event. You know, you can't go wrong with that. Can't with, go uh, wrong, man. Cannot go wrong with that. Who do you have there winning? Because that, that's going to be a battle in itself. You know what, man? To be honest, I've been a fan of both for a very long time. Um, uh, that's a, I have to go with Robbie Lawler. It's going to be a tough one. I'm going with Robbie Lawler on this one. It's going to be a definitely a good fight. So I'm sure after your fight, you'll stick around and watch the main event. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I want to thank you so much again. Happy New Year and, and, and good luck on January 2nd. Thank you, man. I was wondering if I could give a shout-out sure, to my coaches. Sure, of course. Go ahead. I just want, I just want to thank, uh, I don't know if you know how to spell Henner Gracie. Yes. Yes, Henner Gracie is R-E-N-E-R Gracie, and that's my jiu-jitsu coach. I just want to give a big shout-out to him, and I'm going to give a 
my boxing coach, uh, James Larson. And Larson is L-U-H-R-S-E-N. And just a big shout out to them and Black Belt Surfing and the Gracie Academy, and that'd be it, man. Again. Awesome, Brian. Obviously, Maui Oil Foundation. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and put a link there so people could know what that uh, they can visit and, and, and support. For sure, man. For yeah. sure. So, Brian, thanks so much, and uh, again, happy holidays, and, uh, and good luck on January second against uh, Diego. Should be a good one. Thanks, man. Check it out, man. Check it out. Thank you, Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to the showdown. 2015, the last episode, the Roman Show MMA Showdown. We take a look back at the year that it was inside the octagon, the cage, whatever you want to call it. But George, the biggest one. I mean, well, actually, these two stories are pretty much wrapped in between, between the both of them. I'm talking about Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey gets dethroned by Holy Hom. After all the publicity, after all the hype, after she makes all these appearances in the movie, she gets knocked out cold. And well, we won't even, we won't even see her till July of 2016. Conor McGregor talks a lot, walks very cocky, throws a lot of money around. Well, many people were upset. They were underestimating him. He shut the world off when he knocked out Josie Aldo, the featherweight champion, in just 13 minutes seconds both of these in my opinion are the biggest stories in mixed martial arts of 2015 now ronda rousey which was i would go on to say the face of mixed martial arts uh promotion of the ufc is no longer the lady or the woman that was once thought to be the most powerful woman in the world because she got knocked out but george I think the sport needed this. It, it's sort of a of, of, of a way of finding a new face in the world of mixed martial arts. But Ronda Rousey did what she had to do. She did a lot for the sport. She put, obviously, women on the map when it came to being a very strong, physical human being. She did what she did right. But Ronda Rousey comes back next year in July. And actually, if she said if she loses, she is done with her career, but George, this was a big shocker, knocked out, second round, kick to the face. Uh, Mr. Roman, uh, you just reminded me of something. In 2016, I'm cashing in my hosting of the Roman show. Oh, that's right. You need to ca- yes, yes, you do. You're right. Uh, okay, because for two times in a row, and I'm thankful that you're starting off with this topic, uh, this past year, you wanted a year in a review? Okay. For these past two fights between Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey, I was both picking your opposition, okay? You were saying Jose Aldo, and you have plenty of archives to hear on your, on your episodes saying that Jose Aldo will beat Conor McGregor, okay? And you were arguing with me. And then you even were saying with the whole Holy Home and Ronda Rousey thing. Both times I came out winning. I even beat your so-called co-host, okay, when it comes to MMA in these predictions. So this is what I got to say. Never bet against the underdog, okay? Conor McGregor, if you didn't notice, Conor McGregor and both Holly Holm going into these two fights 
were confident. Okay, never did they feel any tension. Okay, towards their opponent in anything. Let's use Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm for instance. You have Holly Holm that was very very calm before the fight, very confident. She was doing her interviews. Yes, she was doing some trash talking because who doesn't, <laughs> you know, in, in the world of sports. But then you had uh, Ronda Rousey trying to start up a fight at the weigh-in, you know, because I guess I, I don't want to call it intimidated intimidation because no one intimidates Ronda Rousey. But I guess you feel like she wanted to take her ground, and that's what she was focused on. She was focused on saying, hey, I'm the queen of the mountain. I could take this. She, she kind of like betted all her odds against her, you know, and look what ended up happening. The confident, the calm won. Okay, again, going into Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, confident. We even saw it in the fight. Jose Aldo couldn't even stare at Conor McGregor, okay? Because he was like, oh, I'm the king of this mountain. You know, even at the weigh-in, same thing, wanting to start a fight. Well, you know, it just goes, it just goes to show you, George, that in this sport of mixed martial arts, you never know how long your you know, reign at the top of the mountain is going to last, last because you can get knocked out in just a matter of seconds. It happened to, to, to Jose Aldo. I laugh about how many seconds was it going into the first round with Aldo and McGregor? 13 seconds. Yep, which was even better, bittersweet, uh, you know, for me when you were arguing with me that Aldo was going to win and he lost in 15 seconds. 15. <laughs> See it coming. Every, everyone was just very surprised. And it just goes to show you again, this year, we have seen so many changes in titles. Let's just go on again. Rousey, you know, she lost the title. McGregor has now won the title. John Jones, well, he didn't lose the title. He was stripped. And that's another topic we're going to talk about is because he basically got caught with cocaine. And uh, he ran over, or he didn't run over, but he got in an accident involving a pregnant woman and took off with money. Some crazy story. How he is back in the sport. And Nick Diaz is still facing a five-year probation because he was smoking marijuana? I have no idea. But needless to say, John Jones is coming back. He wants his title back. Again, he's going to take on Daniel Cormier, who currently has a light heavyweight title. And then you have Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman defeated Anderson Silva. He dethroned the guy that also was undefeated for many years, just like Jose Aldo. And now Chris Weidman gets annihilated by Luke Rockhold. Kane Velasquez, known as the fattest man in the planet, also lost his title against uh, Fabrizio Verdum, a veteran of the sport who's been around the game for a long time. So all these changes in titles, the only title that still remains on one waist and is looking just phenomenal. And by far, he is the pound for pound, the greatest champion right now as we speak. Talking about Demetrius Johnson. He's the only guy right now that has that title and no one can touch him. I mean, he's, I don't know, I don't think, I don't know who's going to defeat him. The guy is just too good. No one can beat him in that, in that uh, weight division. And Dos Anjos, well, you know, he's, he's doing his thing. But for, for the most part, DJ is the one pound for pound that is really solidifying and holding on to that title and reigning as a king on top of the mountain. But that just goes to show you, George, in this sport of mixed martial arts, it doesn't matter if you, you're undefeated 10 years in a row. Anyone's day could come. 
And I think that's the beauty about MMA. You never know what's going to happen. And also never bet against me. <laughs> anyway, go on. This 2016 is going to bring us a lot of a lot of lot a lot of good stuff. Starting off with Robbie Lawler and Carlos Condit, I have my money. I have my money on Robbie Lawler. However, Carlos Condit is a great fighter, and he will use that distance, that reach. But you know, knowing now with with the history that we've had, George, it's so hard to really predict something. Uh, but I, I'm going to go slightly with Robbie Lawler, though. I'm going to go slightly with Robbie Lawler. I'm going to go with Robbie Lawler slightly. And, of course, you have Kane Velasquez, Fabrice Verdum. I'm pulling for my boy Kane. But, uh, you know, Fabrice just looks too good. And we're going to have also Yoel Romero taking on Luke Rockhold for the title. That's going to be another one that's coming uh, down the pipeline. John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. In a couple of months, we'll see that. Apparently, the UFC is really working very hard to get it in New York. Of course, MMA is not still not regulated in that state, but they say, hey, you know what? Whether you pass it or not, we're having that show in Madison Square Garden with John Jones and Daniel Cormier leading the, the, the fight card. And so much more to come uh, in the upcoming months here, in the coming year of the UFC. And Georgia leads up to UFC 200. We already know that Ronda Rousey is going to be there versus Holly Holm, the rematch. I'm pretty sure they're working on getting McGregor. The question is, George, and I think this is the coin toss here. Does Conor McGregor stay at the 145 or does he move up to 155? That we don't know yet. I think we're going to have to wait and see. But that I see as, as something really unpredictable for the year 2016 because McGregor, McGregor is... You know, what he says is what he's doing, George. And you can't deny the man. You really yep, Conor McGregor. So far, Conor McGregor, for everything he has said, he has cashed. So you cannot say the man is talking bull because you can't call him out on that. <laughs> everything he's predicted, everything he said, everything he's wanted to do, he's done it. So who's going to – finally when someone gets to stop him is when finally someone can't get to say, yeah, you just broke, you know, some bull. But till then, right now you just have to take and go. Now as far as uh, Ronda Rousey versus Holy Home, I'm really looking forward to that rematch uh, coming UFC 200. Uh, personally, you want my prediction? I think this is going to be the end of Ronda Rousey. Because, and you and I had this conversation about this after that fight, Mr. Roman. We both spoke that, okay, Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey came into this fight not knowing each other's styles. And Ronda Rousey being the veteran, okay, she was the veteran then. She still got knocked out. Holly Holm, I think, still has the advantage going into the rematch because, Again, Ronda is a veteran, and she still got knocked out. Now, Holly Holm, knowing more about Ronda Rousey because she was already in the octagon, and knowing that she has the knockout power, I think Ronda Rousey's in trouble. Yeah, I, I you know, Holly Holm, I think, should have this. I think it'd be a little bit more uh, action-packed. I think that Ronda Rousey will be a less, a lot less emotional, which I, I think that's what led her to being knocked out. I think she's going to be a little smarter. But I, I, I do have my money on Holy Hom keeping that title, George. She's a great fighter. And until she meets someone that can take her down, then, well, every dog has his day. 
But until then, she's going to have to deal with Ronda Rousey. Let's see if, um, well, if, if she really can prove herself and get that title back. But one thing is that I'm still upset at is we don't know the future of Conor McGregor. But Ronda Rousey got an immediate rematch. Cain Velasquez is getting an immediate rematch because these are people that held that title for quite some time. But why isn't Jose Aldo getting a rematch? And yes, I know the 13 seconds, but the guy was undefeated for 10 years. He held the title for a long time. He was the pound-for-pound fighter uh, 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 in the UFC. Why is he getting an immediate rematch? We still don't know if Conor McGregor, who's Conor McGregor's next opponent going to be, but I, I would vouch that Jose Aldo, it makes sense that he gets a, a, an immediate rematch. But I don't think by the looks of it that he's going to get one. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But Frankie Edgar is in line. You know, he's been talking. He's been really re, re, uh, relying on the public to support him to get that title shot with McGregor. And, and George, I know I, I'm going against McGregor here, but Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar has the potential to bring down McGregor. He Frankie Edgar is a vet. He's he stood there toe to toe with Jose Aldo. He has knockout power. He is fast. He is quick. He is a great wrestler. He has it. He could do it. He could do it. So don't be shocked, George, if McGregor loses the title. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but you never know. But a lot of impact, a lot of stuff gonna happen twenty sixteen. I predict a very successful year for the UFC. MMA in general, I want to talk about that Ken Shamrock and Hoyce Gracie, two vets, right, that are now going to fight again for the third and final time in Bellator. Uh, Some people are saying this is a circus. It's the WCW of MMA. Fine, I'll give it to you. But, hey, it's something, right? I mean, people will tune in, George. You're seeing two vets in a classic match in 2015. I'm not telling you this is going to be a uh, slobber knocker to quote Jim Ross, but why not? Give it a shot. I I say why not? Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, You know. I want to say, George, that the new year starts with the return of the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, fighting in Japan. He's fighting a bum. I'll give you that, but at least he's coming back. The one man that for a very long time was unbeatable in the heavyweight division in mixed martial arts. So that, those are just some things coming along the horizon of 2016. I think it's going to be a good year for MMA. Many new additions, many new faces, and perhaps new champions. We saw how many people were injured. This, I mean, how many people uh, won, or how many people lost their titles, and new people got the title. So let's take a round and see what's going to happen. UFC 200, again, it's going to be the WrestleMania the Super Bowl of mixed martial arts. You have a new arena opening in Las Vegas, more expanding of the brand, more fights. UFC Fight Pass is now has just announced that they're going to have the return of the Spider Anderson Silva versus Michael Bisping for free on the UFC Fight Pass. George, can you believe that? <laughs> now that you mention it, no. <laughs> that would be an amazing fight. Bisping... And Silva? Holy cow. <laughs> well, not free. It's 10 bucks a month. How about that? For less than 10 bucks, you can see it. Uh, I, I really don't know what to say. That, that, holy cow. Um. So it's gonna happen, <laughs> a lot of good things. 2016. Looking forward to it. 
This pretty much wraps up the year in review uh, in the world of mixed martial arts. Looking forward to a lot of action. And uh, as you heard, we got it. We got this year started off, even though it's still 2015. We got to start off with Brian Ortega, who joined us to talk about his upcoming fight at UFC 195. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Roman Show on this final episode of the year. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash roman 201 we got some great interviews there. Data 5000 coming up soon. Sarah McMahon is going to be added. And George, Legends of Wrestling coming January 23rd to the Mikasuki uh, Resort. And the names on that bill is just amazing. You got Bill Gorbert, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley. Uh, got so many names. I don't even remember right now. Jimmy Hart, Brian Nod, by the way, check out that podcast. We uploaded that last week. And you could also check out the video podcast uh, also on our YouTube channel. Ric Flair, too, coming to town in January. Uh, part of the uh, Anime Miami. Magic, oh, sorry, Magic City Comic Con. Also coming along. A lot of good t- things happening in uh, South Florida. Stay tuned there to our website, theromanshow.com. It's a pleasure to serve you guys and inform you guys, along with my friend here, George, to talk about mixed martial arts. Rock. We got a lot of great rock festivals coming up. We'll tune in and let you know and bring in some new faces, some new groups that are going to be here on the program so look forward to working with uh, you again george in 2016 and informing the public bringing in some exclusive interviews george any resolutions for the year uh not yet but uh planning on losing some weight first off uh, that that's definitely a must but uh <laughs> but no uh you know just happy to be back back home it's been many many years since uh, i've been on the roman show and i'm finally back home where it all first started uh, but basically, um, I, all I got to tell you, all the listeners are tuning in. I, I know this is a little bit uh, late, but uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, or Happy Kwanzaa for anything you guys celebrate out there. You know, uh, Merry, Merry, uh, Happy Holidays to you all. And I hope you all have a very safe and blessed New Year. Uh, can't wait to be back on the Roman Show coming 2016. And I have to do this for all time's sake, Mr. Roman. The most hated co-host in podcast history is back. <laughs> it, it, it's for all time's sake. Yay! And uh, remember, you still got to, you got to host the following show in 2016. So looking forward to that. Not guys. Oh yeah, the the my own very own. I'm thinking of calling it the 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 hmm, the dashing George hour. Hmm. <laughs> thank you very much for tuning in this is the roman show I want to thank you very much for subscribing to our channels uh visiting our website and uh listening to our podcast on a weekly basis we catch uh we we look forward to a very successful and a lot a very active year in 2016 just like george said happy kwanzaa merry christmas uh and all the ho- other holidays that you guys uh celebrate and uh, have a very uh, healthy, successful, and prosperous 2016. Till next year, this is The Roman Show. This is The Roman Show.